listening to Women Heard, brought to you by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie hockheiser Ilkovich, and I am thrilled to welcome you to our recently rebranded podcast. I'm also thrilled to introduce you to our guest, Ashley Miles, who is the president of New York Women in Communications, and she's also the founder and CEO of Franklin West. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for being on our first official episode of Women Heard. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Julie. Thank you for having me. Of course, we're so, so thrilled to have you here. And before we really dive in for our listeners, we'll talk today about what this podcast is, what the rebrand means, what Women Heard means. Um, But you will continue to hear amazing advice from incredible women. So that part of our show is not changing. And I welcome you all to our newly rebranded show. So Ashley, you are the first guest on Women Heard. I'd love for you to introduce the listeners to this initiative and you know, tell them what it's all about. Absolutely. So Women Heard is a research-driven and call-to-action initiative to address the dramatic departure of women for, from the workforce post-COVID-19. So if you're not aware, in January alone, 80% of the jobs lost of people over the age of 20 were women resulting in 5 million jobs lost for women in the past year. So New York Women in Communications as the premier organization for women in the communications space is here to address the issue, investigate the why, why is this happening? And what are we gonna do about it to bring back better? It's amazing. I'm so glad that this initiative is happening. It's so important. I'm glad we're having these conversations. I mean, a lot of what we kind of will be pivoting to is conversations we were having before on this podcast, but even more focused on kind of what women maybe aren't talking about in the workplace um, or things that are just happening to us that we want to make sure we're really tackling. Um, So, you know, to continue that, On each episode of this podcast moving forward, we're going to be asking our guests what they think is the biggest challenge facing women in the workplace today. So obviously this is a big one. Maybe this is the answer, but what do you think that is? What is the biggest challenge? Or maybe beyond this, what we're talking about, are there other challenges that women are facing? Absolutely. I think the biggest challenge currently is the lack of awareness and education on what women are experiencing in the workplace too, that then lends to this rapid departure. Uh, So to figure out how we retain and grow female talent within our companies, we need to investigate the why. So that's why New York Women in Communications has formed incredible partnerships on the research front with Meredith Corporation, with Bloomberg, FCB, Engine, to do heavy research from both a nationwide perspective and to really understand consumer-wide across the United States, how are women feeling? What are they experiencing both at work and at home? And then also doing a deep dive into the communications industry to understand what does all of this mean for our industry? And is there an opportunity there to grow? So the biggest opportunity is, what do we not know? How can we better understand women's experiences in order to make positive change? I could imagine there's a huge opportunity to reimagine the workplace to better serve women while also driving business growth, because we know that women's contribution in our economy and our and our business culture is incredibly makes an incredible impact to the bottom line of our companies. 
So how do we really reimagine the workplace to better serve her, which ultimately drives business growth? That's great. I mean, for you personally, I won't make you speak for all women, but if you were kind of re-envisioning the workplace for women, which I love this, just thinking, I mean, just in general, we're going to be re-envisioning the workplace, right? And for everybody, but for women, what are some of the key factors you think would be most important? Like what, what would you kind of envision for that? Well, me personally, and with my own company is what I focus on is let's focus on the results and accountability to the output of our jobs versus how much time we're spending in an office building. I think the winning combination is flexibility paired with accountability and results because every woman I know and I've ever worked with, they are focused on driving the business forward, efficiency, results, and accountability to the, uh, to the business. However, if we are a bit more flexible with where people are operating and how they're working, I think it, it's, it's a win-win for both the company and the female executive. I love that. I totally agree. I mean, and you know, there's been this conversation for years and years before the pandemic, before people all were forced to, to work from home. And I, I've worked in and out of offices for so many years and have seen that it really is about performance, right? And sometimes we lose, uh, we lose sight of that, meaning that sometimes these rules about the office are made arbitrarily and not necessarily tied to how you actually might get your job done and if you can and of course if you can't get it done outside of the office so i'm hoping that that conversation goes that way and that we can continue to think about that and uh you know i mean we've all learned that it's really possible to have flexible work right work life so i'm really hoping that this is the direction that we can go in i agree and just in terms of this podcast you know the the initiative of women heard which we're talking about today what we are going to do is we're going to continue to really expand and expand. So we'll have this conversation about, you know, women in the workplace, women leaving the workplace. Um, and then we will just really open our ears and to conversations with incredibly successful women working in communications um, and hearing what they have to say. I think these topics are going to change dramatically as we dive into this new podcast and go into the next year and beyond. Um, so I'm really excited, but kind of wanted to let the listeners know what we're thinking in terms of the direction of where we'll go moving forward. So even though we're rebranding and we're supporting the mission of Women Heard, we want to keep elements of our show that our listeners love. We've received a lot of feedback from our amazing listeners uh, over the years. And one thing that they always say is they really want to continue to have a podcast that highlights incredible women working in communications, like I just mentioned. Um, and one thing everyone has always wanted to hear is about the career path of the women, the career paths of the women that we interview. So you've had an extremely successful career. I'd love for you to kind of walk us through your career path, how you got to where you are today. So from college to internships, to all of your jobs, what has that path been? Absolutely. So I was a sophomore journalism major at Ole Miss and my mother called me and really, really challenged me to figure out what that career path was. What am I planning on doing in the next chapter once I graduate? And I thought that was pretty early on to get that phone call in the middle of college. But you know what? I embraced it. I decided to go to the Student Media Center at Ole Miss and see what jobs might be available. 
and I saw the advertising and marketing and sales executives building out the newspaper and focusing on the you know broadcast segments and commercials. And I loved the energy of that group. And although I was in a journalism major and loved writing, I really got excited about the business side of the media environment at, at Ole Miss. And so I got a job as a sales and marketing executive, and it all really started from there. And because I had no connections in New York, and I knew I wanted to build and expand my career in New York and make a really big impact on the business community, I went to the local Walmart and bought 10 of my favorite magazines, and I ripped the masthead out in Oxford, Mississippi of those magazines, and I sent my resume to many of the folks within the masthead seeking an internship. And one person called me back out of all of those resumes sent, it was one person and she was from Teen People Magazine and I did not let her off the phone. I was so excited to have this you know, bridge into New York City that I said, I will get your coffee. I will work around the clock for you. Please get me to New York. And she hired me on the spot. I, I was so excited that I got to New York that summer and I gave it everything. And that internship led to the next summer at InStyle Magazine, which led to my first real job as a sales, a sales assistant at InStyle for one year. And then I was promoted to build out the digital side of InStyle.com. And I built and scaled their beauty wellness uh, business and really helped evolve the InStyle brand into a digital property. Uh, so that was really the first step into building my career. <clears throat> and then that led into after four years at, at InStyle.com and the Style and Entertainment Group for, uh, for Digital at Time Inc., I then left to help build and scale a technology startup called Brand.net, which then led into the Velasis acquisition three years later. And from there, I was recruited by Refinery29 at the very early stages to help build and scale Refinery29. And we grew the business into a nine-figure business into just four years. The company later sold to Vice Media, uh, which was fantastic. And from there, I was recruited by Ariana Huffington to build and scale Thrive Global, a wellness and technology company. And in the middle of the pandemic, I decided, you know, I spent all these years helping build and scale top consumer media and entertainment companies. I want to make a much bigger impact on the business community that has given me so much throughout my career at a time when business leaders need fresh perspective and support most. And that is when I have recently launched Franklin West, a business growth collective committed to transformation and sustainable growth for businesses and leaders. Amazing, amazing. I have a lot of follow-up questions. Well, congratulations on your new company. I can't wait to talk about that a little more. Um, I also wanted to ask about your path as, you know, you're working on the sales side of communications. And we don't always get to talk to people a lot of times, A, when you're thinking of, you know, the dream a million girls would kill for, they're thinking of that editorial role. Um, or, and we also just thinking of our, this own podcast that people are talking to the interview. Of course, we talk to people in sales and marketing, but uh, you know, we maybe focus sometimes a little more heavily on kind of the editorial roles. So if someone was
was kind of looking to get into that side of the business because I do think a lot of times when we think of like our magazine careers, it's like the path to editor in chief, right? Or any of these, even digital, digital editorial. What advice might you have for someone who's interested in taking that path? Maybe even like, I mean, beyond, of course, networking, internships, like classes to take in college that might help or certain things that might help your trajectory. I'd love for you to speak a little bit about that. I, you know, I, ever since I was a little girl, I was passionate about business, connection, and pop culture, right? So for me, it was a very natural path to take because I love people. I love building genuine relationships. Um, I love, you know, ever since my lemonade stand in the second grade, where I swear it was a, a, a very successful lemonade stand, let me tell you. And so I've, I've always loved building and scaling things or helping a business or a friend reach their full potential and really creating a bold picture of what they want to accomplish, what their passions are, and then realizing that vision. So for me, it was very natural to take this path on the business sales side. So even though I started my career on the sales side, I was very much connected to the creative and editorial process because that's also a passion area of mine. And so I think that when you can really blend creativity and editorial with business sensibility, there's a lot of opportunity to build a company into greatness. Uh, so for me, that was always the passion. And, and I'm very glad that I took that path. And I highly recommend it if you love relationship building, paired with business mechanics and helping things grow. Uh, it can be an incredible path, especially if you have that creative spirit in you that naturally comes from the editorial side. Absolutely. What I love about this is kind of, I don't want people to think they have to give up their creativity or their creative passion if they want to go more on a business path. And I totally agree from you know my own experience. Um, that there are there if you're working in communications almost always you're going to have creative elements so i think it's very inspiring to think of it that way and not think okay if i'm going to work in sales or marketing that i'm going to be kind of giving up my creative spirits i think that's kind of vital to the approach absolutely how was starting your company in the middle of this global pandemic so you know you mentioned kind of why you wanted to start it um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about the company and what it is and, you know, maybe why at that moment you wanted to start it, but also just what that experience was like uh, starting at that very crazy time. <laughs> I have to say it was thrilling. You know, I, one of my favorite quotes is feel the fear and do it anyway. And I think this launching Franklin West was a great example of, I had a vision I knew there was a need in the market from business leaders who needed fresh outside perspective, but needed it in a way that was accountable to the business growth versus old school consulting coming in with research and PowerPoint presentations. So I very much knew there was a gap in the market. It, there was a need. I had a vision and I knew that my plan, my winning action plan was there to back me up. Um, I think the thrilling part of it was there was so much unknown. Is this going to work? Might this fail? H how are you not going to just follow through on the career path that's been set for you to go get the next corporate job? So there was so much unknown that made it exciting, right? Because 
I think when you look at your career trajectory and you see that you have proof in your methodology working to help businesses reach their full potential or help business leaders reach their full potential, all you're really doing is expanding that formula to more businesses. And so with that, I had great confidence in my ability to make a much larger impact on the business community that has given so much back to me. So thrilling, absolutely. Um, and it's been worth the, the, the risk, you know? It's, it's been phenomenal. I have a great portfolio of clients, everyone from Fortune 50 companies to seed stage startups. And I love that range. I'm learning so much as I contribute to those companies and it's been incredibly rewarding. That's amazing. Do you have any advice for anyone who would be looking to start their own business right now? Anything that you've learned through your experience? I think follow your gut. I think when you really reflect on what you want in your personal and professional life, and you really kind of take in all of the data from your personal board of directors to know people who have actually experienced this before, people who are thriving in corporate America, so I think you're tapping into your network to understand what those experiences are and what is out there and really marry that with your own personal self-reflection on what you want for your life, not the career path that is expected and laid out for you. I love that. I mean, you have a similar trajectory as I, that, as I did because coming from corporate backgrounds, like you got all the experience and I think this is so valuable. I mean, obviously there are a billion ways to approach your career, but you've got all this experience, you experienced probably all the red tape in the world, all the things about business that you liked, disliked. And so you can create, um, and I found we have been able to do this, like your ideal work environment, because you know what you like and what you don't like and what works and what's not. And I think there are unique you know, I mean, I think this, I think about this a lot. Like there are unique benefits to maybe starting being always an entrepreneur and starting from scratch from the beginning and being able to shape that. But personally, in my experience, having all of these corporate experiences, learning things, a lot of it is more like, why did we do that? We shouldn't do it like that rather than like, oh, because we used to do it. Let's always do it like this. I think those are some of the key learnings you can really apply when you're starting your business at this stage in the career. Absolutely. It is an adventure. I'd love for you to tell us all about Franklin West. I want to hear more about what the company does, um, what kind of the day-to-day -day work of Franklin West really is. So Franklin West is a business growth collective committed to transformation and sustainable growth for businesses and leaders. So one side of the business is modern business growth planning, where we bring leaders to the table early, either company-wide or to launch a new business unit. And through our methodology, we build a business growth plan that typically takes four months for a company to align on, and we shrink the process into two weeks. So from the workshop into building a business plan, it's delivered back to the company within two weeks. The second part of that consulting is standing up new business units within a company. So we can go in, diagnose a business, identify the areas of growth, and help build all of the mechanics to stand up a new revenue, revenue generating side of the company. The other side of Franklin West is called responsive recruiting, where we've brought together top business talent across every major skill set and industry from 
web designers, to sales strategists, to CMOs that, that are operating as Franklin West business ambassadors. And we plug these amazing talents into organizations for short or long-term externships to help accelerate growth. And oftentimes our two businesses really merge into one for a specific client. So we're building that growth plan. It's tied to real revenue growth. And then we incorporate the right talent to make everything happen faster and build momentum within the company. So one of our clients recently referenced us as the Swiss army knife of consulting, mm. <laughs> right? We get in, we diagnose, we find the white space and we help make it all happen versus traditional consultants who often have the MBAs, the research, the PowerPoints, but they don't have that real life operating experience to help accelerate growth. What are some of the challenges that companies are really facing today that they need kind of extra brain power to solve? Absolutely. So what I love about my role at Franklin West is we're working with so many companies and diagnosing different challenges and opportunities that's different from one company to the next. So it's super fun in the sense that it's constant problem solving, depending on what that specific company needs. And we're able to personalize a team for that client that is very specific to those needs versus hiring on folks full time at Franklin West and forcing them into a company. So it's very personalized for the client. So in some cases, we ha might have a client who needs to really get their leadership team aligned on the business challenge and the action plan, and they need to do it in an expedited fashion versus four months of planning and PowerPoint presentations. And it's really hard to get things done in that way. So they need outside perspective and facilitation to come in through this methodology and get folks aligned and moving in the right direction, all as one team up front. So that's one, one opportunity we see. In other opportunities, you have a customer who's looking to diversify their revenue streams. Maybe they've been very successful with two component parts of the business, but they're looking to scale. And they would bring us in to diagnose and build a plan around that and even front end implement a new business unit or revenue stream within their company. In other cases, you know, with all of the conversation happening around first party data versus cookie data, a lot of publishers are looking to audit how they're using that data currently and how do we make it, you know, um, adhere to the new standards. So in that case, we can do the audit and uh, strategy and recommendation around the new data platform within a company. So again, it just, it depends. In some cases, we're helping building an entire staff for a new business unit within the company. Um, so that's what I love about it is you're constantly solving business problems real time and helping companies move much faster. So whether it's a, you know, an older, more traditional company that needs reinvention and innovation or a startup who's looking to scale and introduce themselves to the market for the first time, we're really there to support business leaders through all of those transitions. That's great. That's great. Sounds exciting. And like every day is interesting. Every day is interesting. <laughs> That's so wonderful. And have you found that because of your experience and your career path, you really are um, tapping into your network? Like has networking over the years, I guess, is, you know, is that yes. really helping the success of your company? Absolutely. Because many of my initial clients were clients previously uh, mm -hmm. in past 
calls and they saw that I launched Franklin West and they reached out to say, I'd love your help. And so that's been key. And then also lots of incredible executives within my ambassador program through the responsive recruiting arm have been through my past Rolodex as well. So, you know, really, again, trying to think about what are my strengths and what do I bring to the table for an organization around diagnosing quickly, access to great talent, but thinking about how we translate connections to that talent into growth and results is a big part of what we're doing because connections for connection's sake doesn't really move the needle. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to revisit the concept of networking and how beyond, especially with like an organization like New York Women in Communications, how beyond um, just, you know, the how it's fun and how it can help you, you know, maybe with your own career, how we can look at all the amazing things it does for people, big picture, because um, it's so vital. And I think it's also for the viewers, you know, important to be open with your relationships to say, how can I help you today? What is something that might be keeping you up at night that I can help you solve? And then sharing what your challenges are and helping each other through that business lens is okay. That should be celebrated. We're helping each other, you know, really expand what we're trying to do. I love that. And, and to that point, I find that is one of the key parts of my own network, work, my own networking that is missing is finding even communities of people who are doing what I do and having those conversations of kind of like what's not working or here's what's not working for me. So I do, I'm very excited about that being like an element of networking that like maybe me personally or we all will be working on as we kind of have these more open conversations. Absolutely. Earlier this year, you wrote a beautiful op-ed about how we can find joy, success, and also add value during these incredibly uncertain times. In that piece, which I loved, you said, investing in self creates resilience. It can be really hard to find the time to practice self-care, especially right now. What advice do you have for prioritizing self-care in our lives? Well, I think it first starts with creating that bold picture of what you want for your professional and personal life. And we do a lot of this at Franklin West through our methodology uh, called a pivotal power agenda. But really figuring out what is that bold picture? What are my values? What do I stand for? What are my action items to help realize that personal and professional vision? How am I measuring success for myself? Who am I you know, recruiting into my network and into my life to help me realize this personal and professional vision. So for me, personal and professional vision are go hand in hand and really figuring out, okay, what, how do I need to show up for myself each and every day consistently to create the habits that then help me realize this rhythm that I'm creating. So I almost see it as a rhythm because oftentimes we can maybe take a left turn and that's okay. But then how do we get back into that rhythm that we know suits us best and helps us reach our full potential? And, and it's different for everyone. So for me, I first think about fundamentally how much sleep am I getting every night? So my sleep number is eight hours. If I can get a good eight hour night's sleep, that is a great start to my day. Number two is how am I practicing gratitude? Whether that's in the morning through meditation or through a quick 30 second gratitude practice or 
whatever that might be, but really being grateful for our blessings is so important. And then it's really diving into my work very early in the day so that I can really use all my best brain power on my work early on, combined with, of course, you know, integrating my two young daughters, Myla and Holland, eight and four, and my lovely husband, Sam, and really thinking about their needs and how it all sort of, again, goes into that rhythm. And then how am I ending my day? And what does my health and wellness routine look like? So even a 15 minute power walk every day or every other day is better than not working out at all. That helps get those endorphins going. So when I talk about investing in self-care, it's really about finding the winning rhythm for you that helps you reach your full potential professionally, personally, and really prioritizing those passion areas of your life and being very strict with yourself on what no longer you have time for, right? What are you deprioritizing in your life in order to really own your power? And are there any tools you use to kind of manage this all, all of it? I mean, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> I think it, it's, it's, consistent habits, prioritizing what's most important, but setting that vision and everything that we talked about through that methodology up front and revisiting it every week. So every Sunday I'll revisit to remind myself, when am I at my best? What are my priorities? What do I want in my life? By the end of 2021, what does that look like? So I think it's just this rhythm that you're creating of these consistent habits, knowing your priorities, knowing what you no longer accept in your life, and it just manifests. But it's okay. You're going to have, again, you're going to take a left turn. So instead of feeling guilty over that, you're going to step back on and, and head back in that right direction. So there's no systems or tools from a technology point of view. Uh, I use my methodology, the PPA process that helps sort of guide me. And I use the same methodology for business growth. Yeah, I think something that you said that is so key is the revisiting. Like I also, every Friday, interesting, when you said Sunday, I'm like, hmm, would Sunday be better? Um, I'll try something new maybe. But every Friday I do the same thing. And I think, and I'm even going through something right now where I'm like, my calendar has gotten out of control. Like it's kind of just out of control and people are just stealing, stealing, I guess is, is the word I think of it is taking time slots all the time. So there's no, so this is just something that I'm working on now. I'm going to sit down on Friday and just be like, let me look at the next four months and clean up the calendar and reserve spots for kind of what you're saying. Like, when am I going to take time for myself? When am I going to exercise? What are the yeah. evenings that I will leave open for things? And what, are, especially now, I'm sure so many of us are experiencing it as the world opens up, going back to, you know, I hope personally for me, it's, I'm not as busy as I was pre-pandemic in terms of like how life was crazy, but it, it is something to manage for sure. Right. And just as we were talking about reimagining the workplace to better serve women, how are we taking accountability and reimagining our lives to better serve ourselves. Absolutely, yes. I think it's so important to think about. Now, I think all of these tips are amazing and really actionable. I, lo I love the way you're kind of thinking about all this big picture. It's really, really helpful. Another conversation that we've been having on this podcast forever is you know, about diversity in the workplace. Um, 
I would love for you to share some of your thoughts. Uh, this is clearly very, you know, front of mind for a lot of us, for a lot of organizations. I'd love to share your thoughts about what might go into creating, you know, the best and also the most diverse teams overall. Absolutely. I'm very passionate about this topic. As you know, uh, this past year, we built the most diverse board in our 90-year history, 39% women of color. Yeah. I fundamentally believe that the more diverse your teams are within the workplace. So when I say diverse, I mean ethnically diverse, race, gender, skill set, location, experiences, the more diverse your team, the more diverse your perspectives, and it just drives performance. It drives culture and performance. Absolutely. And I know the New York Wiki board, the, the, the change in diversity is revolutionizing the organization. You know, do you have any tips maybe for someone who is looking to expand their company, expand their own boards, um, anything, you know, and any path you took in terms of how you approach this topic yes. of diversity, big picture? Yes. What we did was we looked at culture and society today. So if you look at the U.S. population at that time, 39% of the population was women of color, people of color. So we thought that was a great number mm -hmm. to then judge ourselves on to say, if we look at our board, how do we evolve our board to match U.S. society and population? What does that need to look like? But also, again, it went beyond race and gender into different backgrounds. I mean, we have everyone from Vita Harris from FCB in the PR communication space to Lydia Finette, an auctioneer from Christie's, who's also the author of The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. So I just love seeing, you know, unique very talented folks coming together to solve problems and look what came out of it. Women heard, right? And absolutely so on point as it relates to the disparities that existed pre-COVID with women of color. So there's so much success that comes out of building diverse teams. That's not just amazing for culture, but it's amazing for business. That's great. I really, it's so interesting to hear that approach. And as we have these conversations, just how, we women, everyone is kind of approaching diversity from a business perspective, so important and also so vital to talk about. I feel like, you know, obviously these conversations now, we know they're big, but we, we've been talking about it for a long time and want there to be no stigma around talking about it, you know, not beyond just actually acting on it, but making sure we're having these conversations. What are some of the other things maybe that you think, um, that women should be discussing more in the workplace. So as we think about these conversations moving forward, obviously there are some very big topics right now to really approach for women, but just for maybe based on your experience in your career or how you're thinking about the future, like what are some of the things you wish we were kind of talking about more beyond, you know, beyond diversity, beyond uh, women leaving the workplace? I think it's around openness and transparency around where we're trying to go. So Julie, if you and I were in a corporate setting together to say, Julie, this is what my vision is for myself and my career and how it relates to this business. I would love your help. You know, how, how might I do that? Right. And just being open with each other on what we're trying to accomplish and where we're looking to go and then supporting each other through that process. And it goes both ways. 
So I don't, that doesn't always happen. And I have to say, that's been a huge reason for my success in business is I'm very open and transparent with my network around what my challenges are, what my dreams are, what might they do to help? And also saying, now what's on your mind and how can I help you? And so I just think it's something that men for so many years have done so well. And I think this is a great opportunity for women to lift each other up and to the right. I love it. I absolutely think it's true. And I hope it does go in that direction. We will absolutely here try to have very transparent conversations, but I am so curious and also want to focus on like what are the conversations we should be happening and what kind of to your point we should be opening up about um and having transparency about i mean really everything you might say i need to make more money i'm making x i need to make x so i can be comfortable and live the life i want to live and that person on the other end might be able to help you so again i think it goes back to openness and transparency around the challenges and opportunities with your peer groups and you lift each other up and quite frankly, New York Women in Communications has been an amazing support system for me personally as I launch my new business, as we launch Women Her, just the networking and those genuine friendships and alliances that come out of these organizations are so amazing. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I really hope that everyone listening, if you haven't looked into New York Women in Communications, you definitely should and i mean just in terms of the organization what it has to offer like ashley said networking opportunities so much in terms of the space of what i would call like continuing education for us um access to incredible women um just beyond you know uh the programming having really access to meeting these women having a reason to connect with them i think i mean it's obviously i think it's incredible um but especially when we have board members on the podcast i always want to revisit and um you know re-mention that uh, you can find more information about the organization at nywiki.org nywici.org what's the best piece of career advice you have ever received Ooh, that's a good one. I think it would be, you are who you surround yourself by. So surround yourself by people who are better than you, smarter than you, who lift you up and to the right and don't pull you down. And your surroundings, whether it's your home environment, your family environment, or in this case, your work environment, it's really important to surround yourself by amazing people who give you perspective, who support you when you're down or you have a setback and who also educate you and make you smarter and more savvy in your job. I love that. That's it's such a great piece of advice. This may be like a little bit of a personal question, but have you found, and this is just what I was thinking of when you're talking about that advice, have you found that the last year has been a time to almost like lens your network because it take it takes more effort to keep in touch with people to maintain your network you know have you been able to use this as an opportunity to really like shape who you're surrounding yourself with maybe even more yes more than you ever were before absolutely i've been a lot more mindful of who i'm letting into my world and where i'm spending my time uh because again <clears throat> i'm realizing the importance of your surroundings and 
surrounding yourself both personally and professionally with people who make you better and people who you can support in whatever they're trying to achieve. So this was a great time to do that. And I, I, I've never felt better in terms of my support system, how I'm helping others, where my volunteer time is going um, and, and, and so forth. So again, it goes back to that rhythm and what are those component parts to that winning rhythm for you that helps you be the best that you can be and make the contributions to the world that you wanna make really being at your best. Absolutely, I think we've all had a little bit of time to take a break, to breathe, to look at everything big picture. And again, I, you know, the, the transition back will be very interesting in terms of what we can maintain and hold on to. And, but I think a lot of us have been able to kind of reset almost like our value system. And like you're saying, I mean, really took the words out of my mouth. It's like everything I do now, I really look at it through a, a new lens. I truly yep. do in terms of time being very valuable and, you know, making sure um, kind of helps me reach all of the, the things either personally or worldly that I want to, to kind of commit to. Well, I can't believe it, but we're going to start wrapping up. This has been a lovely conversation and I, I've learned so much and I really appreciate your time. Uh, speaking of time. Um, but before we wrap up, I'd love to hear what some of the things you're reading are, listening to, watching, like what are some of the best things? What's the best content that you've been consuming recently? So recently I've been winding down my evenings with binge watching great shows, reading good books. Uh, and in this case, I, I know it's been out there a while, but the last dance around the Michael Jordan story I binge watched every single episode in one evening and wow. was so inspired by the resilience and the setbacks and overcoming challenges into greatness, his drive. Uh, every aspect of that show really lit me up into, you know, building a business, building the life I want to live, leading my family. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. The other thing is I try every year to read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. So I just finished that great book, which is really anchored in living in the present. So I am very much a forward thinker, uh, you know, bold visions for the future. And I think for me, it reminds me to also enjoy and cultivate the present versus always kind of your default being into the future. And in some cases, people go into the past and that's where in anxiety can come in is fear of the future and uh, rumination of the past experiences. So living in the present, we can really hone our joy and our fulfillment and our success by, by focusing on the now. So that, that was good. I just wrapped that again, try and read that every year. And I'm now diving into the book of joy by the Dalai Lama. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And I'll definitely keep you posted on how that goes. What are your favorites these days? Oh my goodness. Well, I've been, I've been consuming all kinds of content. I just finished reading this incredible book that I would highly recommend and actually um, takes place in New York. Although I don't know that it was very new, but it's a book that takes place in New York in 1938. So it has like a great Gatsby uh, kind of feel and it's called The Rules of Civility. And it was just a beautiful book that really at this time reading it, you know, at the light of the end of the tunnel of the pandemic, 
kind of thinking about what New York was and what we're going back to just is very, I would highly recommend, I mean, so beautiful, highly recommend it. Rules of civility. Um, and I have been, you know, listening to, it's interesting in terms of what I'm listening to. I used to listen to so many podcasts before the pandemic because I was commuting and this and that, and it, that just went away. So I have found recently I'm starting to um, explore new podcasts, um, which I have been listening to actually recently. Um, the I was just listening to it before we hopped on. It is called The Deep Dive, and it's hosted by Jessica St. Clair and June Diane Raphael, and it is a comedy podcast, but it's two women, two friends, just like talking about real, real stuff. I mean, beyond where we would go on this, <laughs> on this podcast, but if you're looking for something a little bit more real, you know, talking about um, fertility, talking about marriage, talking about their personal experiences, um, it, careers too, um, but just, you know, other things that they believe in, going to psychics and things that are just like things that women talk about. I love, I love podcasts like that. I love it. I love it. I'll definitely check it out. Do you, what do you watch? Do you have something that you watch when you want to really unwind and shut off your brain, like entirely? Recently, because I'm really protecting my time with my two little girls, Myla and Holland, I wrap my day and maybe once or twice a week, we'll get on the sofa and deep dive into old Disney classics and just get lost in those old movies together and make some popcorn and hang out. No cell phones allowed in the room. And just going back to the classics has been lovely. I love that so, so much. Is there one that you've revisited that you almost forgot how much you loved? Has there been one that surprised you? We watched so many of them. Last night it was Leap. The week before it was Pinocchio. You know, we're just going deep into the Disney library. And it's just so nice having that quality time with the girls. And it used to be, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. And now we have that protected quality time together to just binge watch Disney. It's been awesome. That's amazing. You mentioned, you know, putting away your cell phone to spend time with your children earlier. Has your, the way you kind of interact with your phone, this is really a question I've been like mulling over and thinking about for like other moms. Has that changed over the last year? Like, I'll just tell you my personal, like where I'm kind of yeah. leading this is like, I found because we were home more, like I may be, um, I'm very strict with myself about social media consumption. So I, I, I stuck to that, but I do think I was spending more time with our, with my phone and consuming more content. And now again, as the world's opening up, I have been going back to my, like it used to be before when I came home from work, I would put my phone away until my daughter went to bed just because that I get two hours or whatever. That's such valuable time. But when the world was kind of all blending together, like what's home, what's work, I lost that habit. And I've started to revisit it more. Is there anything as like a working mom, any kind of habits that changed tremendously or that you're looking to, to rechange as we're going back? I think you nailed it. You have to fence those behaviors because they model everything after you. So I find if I'm sitting on my cell phone, I'll look over and my four-year-old's on YouTube, on the iPad. And that's something I don't want to have happen. So what I do is I really try and, you know, like you said, protect that time where I'm on my phone during work hours or maybe once they're sleeping, but I really try not to sit on my cell phone with my family. 
because then the husband's doing it, the kids are doing it. And that's not a behavior I want to cultivate in my household. Yeah, it's hard when we're all home. We have been home all the time. Hopefully we can go out, go out into the sunshine soon or now we're there. Where can our listeners find you? What are your social media handles? Where would you like people to follow you and find you? Absolutely. So I am Ashley Miles on Instagram and uh, franklinwest.co, F-R-A-N-K-L-Y-N-W-E-S-T.co for anything business related. And of course, all of our New York wiki handles, which is nywici.org across Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your incredible advice. And I want our listeners to know that we do have some Women Heard events coming up through New York Women in Communication, some symposiums that will be these incredible conversations um, about some of the topics we talked about today, as well as others. For more information about those events and also for more information about this podcast, go to newyorkwiki.org. Thank you so much for joining us for our newly rebranded podcast, Women Heard. And I welcome all our listeners back. Would love your feedback. And thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Women Heard, presented by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie hockheiser Ilkovich. Thank you to the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Elizabeth Roberts, Chrisanne Grise, Mandy Carr, Shania Anderson, and Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music. And thank you to everyone at New York Wiki who supports us. For more information about Women Heard, go to nywiki.org slash podcast. That's nywici.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>